1: Is that your girlfriend, Tommy? SWX Montana Television. Yes. (laughs) Five out of ten. Um, We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Highway 83 in Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour you find it on the podcast. 2 Tell is podcast is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You go get it there, you listen to it, you click the things, everything's great. The world continues to spin. A podcast brought to us by Wingate by Wyndham Hotels. If you want to call 329-1899, all guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV uh, phone line.
3: I'd just like to say, I saw the world stop spinning today, Ryan. Did and you? And that was when you could not make the printer print the show outline mm-hmm. in black and white from a Word document when the printer was out of colored ink <laughs> and you're running around panicking
1: Yes, over this situation. Let me tell you what happened, okay? At 3.56 today, four minutes before we go live.
0: Which is usually when we start preparing the show.
1: It is when I am printing the show. And the printer won't print because it's missing a color cartridge. And Coulter is taking an office poll about most impactful movies in cinema history, doing nothing whatsoever to help me out because he's not going to get here, of course, until 4.05 anyways. That's how long it takes you to do all your intros. I need to have the sheet of paper. And yes, I get very panicked. I don't care that much about time. I don't care that much about being late to almost anything. There are some things that I care very much about being on time for and sitting in this chair, not merely at four, but even imagine this at 359 or perhaps even 356 if it was to ever happen that I could get the printer to print the thing off. But no, it's not happening. And yes, it did stress me out very much. And I hate that. It's not even that I here's the other thing. I barely even look at this thing. (laughs) <laughs> I barely even stare at this and look at what I've written down. but there's a, We've actually skipped there's 60% comfort. of this.
3: Never, this <laughs> is my point. There's you never stick in to, to it anyway. It in my
1: hands, though, it's like, it's like at least I know it's a safety thing. It's like being able to swim as well as Michael Phelps, but you're still wearing a life jacket because heaven only knows. You know, that's uh, that's what I feel like, and I like having it, and I can't come in here without it, and, and it just throws me off. You know how many pa- pieces of paper you could save if you just used
3: Google Sheets? Just get Google Sheets. Oh no, man.
1: No. No. I don't want to use Google Sheets. I like having it in my hand. It comforts me.
3: Missoula, anyone listening, you missed a golden moment today watching the fear in Ryan's eyes when the printer said error cannot print
1: fear and anger because no one could even Liz is in there trying to answer Coulter's question about gone with the wind <laughs> and it's like you're the only person who even knows how to do this I need you to run this thing for me I can't do it you know and Coulter just doesn't care Coulter doesn't care if he's late for anything at all. In fact, it would make him uncomfortable if he was on time for something. That's when he would be in He'd just start <laughs> shaking and be like, I don't know what to do. I'm standing here, and it hasn't even started yet. Yes, that's what it's called being early.
3: You just hate the fact that he's talking about movies. You've been on him about this since the start of the show.
1: No, no, I, I I'm happy to talk about the movies. I don't think it's framed all that well. That I will admit that. I don't think that this is a reasonable question to try and answer. All right. Well, let's figure it out.
0: The, just because you weren't listening to the actual question, it's actually a phenomenal question to try to
1: answer. Okay. Well, you go ahead and we'll see.
0: Okay. So you think the question is, what movies changed the world the most? I My think- question is, do movies still change the world?
1: But then you uh, you started in on a list of movies and asked me about which the movies in, impact the world. Do movies impact the world? I just don't even know how to assess that.
0: What I'm what I'm. I guess the world is too broad. American I pop agree. culture. I, I would say I would say that that more more shifts in our collective psyche and more shifts in our collective um, shared experience have come from cinema than anything else during the 20th century, but I'm not sure that the world shifts like it used to when, when Gone with the Wind came out in, in the late 30s, it, it changed the country. It, it changed
1: How do you know that? Well, from studying film. You got 20, yeah, you I mean, were here in 1925, I have a, and then in 35, you're like, whoa, look at what that I, movie did. I mean, how
0: do you know anything about World War II? You weren't born for 40 years because you read about it. I mean, I, I, ha- I took four, 400, <laughs> I, have a, I have a minor in film. Okay. I took four, 400 level classes to finish out my University of Montana degree. Okay. Film and culture, film and society. I mean, I took a,
1: Okay so tell me tell me the I'm just I'm just sweeping impacts of, I'm, I'm just saying to like
0: th- th- think about the the Vietnam movies that came out in the 70s mm. like Apocalypse Now Taxi Driver Deer Hunter those are movies that everybody was talking about those are movies that shed light on some some subjects that you might not otherwise be able to talk about mm-hmm. you're you're of the right age do you remember when Philadelphia with Tom Hanks mm-hmm, came out sure. I mean at that moment HIV and AIDS was such a horrifying and frightening thing. Yep. People, we didn't know really, we didn't know a lot about it. Utterly it, taboo. Uh, utterly taboo because we, we knew certain things about it but not really. Are we all going to get it? Is it this crazy plague? How is it transmitted? We started to figure some of those things out but then it started just being paired with intravenous drug users and homosexuals and that, and it was such a taboo and scrutinized and horrible thing and then there was a couple people that of, of high visibility like Magic Johnson who sort, sort of started to soften it. But there was no real pop culture example of wow. HIV, uh, HIV and AIDS until Philadelphia came out. And then when Tom Hanks plays this character of this man who doesn't fit the stereotype of anybody that has AIDS in America at that time, it softened our perception of it. It humanized it for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout- That's a great example. Throughout, so often, throughout the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up, so often films were the entry point, much as, like, this is one thing that I always remind myself to give what we do meaning, is often, especially when it comes to racial issues in America, sports is the entry point to the conversation a lot of times. Yes, it is. And I think that, but there's been a lot of different taboos that have been addressed Whether it's, I mean, think about how much impact Alfred Hitchcock's movies had just on the psyche of people. Being able to explore the concepts of darkness, the concepts of evil. It it shapes, I mean, you mentioned, I said, what are some of the most impactful movies of your life? You mentioned Fight
1: Club. Why? Well, I mean, you could do the schizophrenia portion of that if you want. Right. And and that's a a real aspect uh, to that movie, yes. Is that what you're getting at? But, but is on it, that? it made you feel a distinct way, different than almost any other thing you could consume, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you can't, you, you know, there's a number of movies that are, here's the thing, though. Movies, a, a great movie, for better, for worse, whatever, like, you, you might feel great, you might feel awful, but you're definitely going to feel after a movie, you know, one way or another. Is that directly impactful to you? I mean, it is in the moment. But is it something that, like, all of a sudden changes the way... Because I'm trying to think about a movie... It, the Matrix would be one, which, by the way, Matrix 4 is now officially in the works, coming out. Keanu. Think, uh, think of the way... That, that that opened a lot of people's imagination, I guess I would say, to the concept of... You For know, sure. Multiverse and all that. For sure. And yeah. think, think about... Um,
0: Trying to think of some of the iconic movies of the 70s and the 80s. Like a movie like Jaws. A movie like Top Gun. That were, weren't about anything that specifically crazy or mind-bending. But it's just the way... It, it almost made it a must-see experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, that the... Star Wars is very much like that. The Air Force had some... And I, I won't make up a number because I don't remember what it is. But some very obvious and stunning percentage increase, a spike of 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 kids, of young men and women enrolling into the program in nineteen eighty five, the year after Top Gun, you know, was the number one movie. So if you're talking about impacts like that, and of course, you know, when you go to college and all the movies, you know, old school, Billy Madison and all that, that work into your everyday parlance and 30% of the words that come out of your mouth are just movie quotes to all of your buddies all the time. But again, I mean, okay, that's fine. I don't know. And, and I think that's going to continue to happen, does continue to happen. I don't go to movies very often, mostly because I have children. <laughs> so it just doesn't happen. But, I mean, I'm still unclear what we're trying to accomplish. What do we want to know? Uh, so I, I just,
0: I just want to know if we think that Modern, there's been a a diametric shift in the film industry. What we to me, movies and films are different. Films, cinematic works of art, are different than a blockbuster movie.
1: Okay, I a, and I would agree with that.
0: And and Hollywood, because of now all the technology, the fact that even in rural Missoula, Montana, you can go see straight IMAX 4K 3D whatever numbers and letters you want to put on it I mean this screen is bigger than a city block and it's in your face and the sound is so crazy that that's all cool and the visual experience is second to none it's it's almost overwhelming at some point I mean I saw the Lion King in 3D and it was like it was breathtaking it, it was it was hard to even consume yeah, it was,
1: I mean it, I went and saw Avatar IMAX 3D in Seattle and what I went again, I was I didn't choose to go again, I went with some other friends who wanted to go to it, but I was happy to go again because I thought it was an incredible experience for what it, it was almost like a ride. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot.
0: We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows End, I love the Blackfoot River.
1: You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber-optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana.
0: It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for Internet, voice, professional services. Anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions.
1: Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL. Drop it in there, goblackfoot.com.
0: Totally. But that's what Hollywood's gravitated towards. That's what the studios right. want. Yeah, the, the studio movie, wants uh, to put out stuff Spider-Man and all number 13, mm-hmm. The Avengers number 20. And that's all fine and good from an entertainment perspective. And the special effects and the movie experience is, is great. But a movie like One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest with Jack Nicholson that opened the door for the conversation of talking about everyday people that are afflicted with mental illness and what it is like to be institutionalized and if that's a right and humane thing or not. All those Vietnam movies that I named, all the way up through, you know, um, Platoon and... Well, Hurt Locker, right? Full Metal Jacket. And and even up until the World World War II movies and, and stuff, it opens up the conversation and just the realization and the end, the sometimes painful and striking reality of just how brutal those wars were and what it did to the psychology of the men and women that fought in them. And I just wonder now if cinema in American society still has the same entry point. And we were talking about this in the office. I do think that there's some impact, but I think that the on-demand nature of media has changed things so much. Think about a movie like Moonlight. Moonlight was not a movie that was just blowing up the box office. I don't think it did very well at the box office at all. I don't think it was ever in the top five for the first three weekends it was out there. Yeah. You know, It's not a blockbuster movie that everybody's going to. But then, after some people see it and it gets debuted at some film festivals, and then all of a sudden it starts winning Academy Awards, now everybody's like, man, I want to go see Moonlight. And so it resonated a little bit more on the back end. Yes. But I guess there's kind of two points of conversation here. First of all, there was movies like you know, The Exorcist or Silence of the Lambs or movies like that that were just they were shocking when they came out, and if if you didn't go see them, you kind of weren't a part of the conversation. But that's a little bit different than what I'm talking about in terms of can they, I mean the, the Matrix? The, the whole impetus for this segment was the Matrix, right? Because you were saying that a new Matrix is coming out.
1: This was not my impetus for this. Segment. <laughs> no,
0: totally, yes, yes, but totally, new matrix. the, the, the Matrix gone, is, huh? I think, is one of the last movies I remember really opening the door of conversation for us to think broadly about topics that might not have otherwise entered our collective realm of discussion.
1: I like your conversation. Here's the one thing that I have to say on it. I think there are more movies now that have more statements to make, more films to use the correct, uh, 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 you know, vocabulary here, the lexicon there's more films that are doing more and having more to say than there have ever been by uh, before, by far, by far, both documentary style and both, you know, dramatizations, both straight uh, films on it. But there are far less of those uh, of individual ones of those being seen by so many people. Like there's, there's, hundreds of movies that have amazing things to say or amazing perspectives that can open up. I mean, right. But there's so many of them, and they're available and on demand. You know, you watch this over here on Netflix. You watch this over here on Hulu. You go over here to the Roxy, you know, something like that. And now we've all seen something that's been important to us, but it's not the same thing, so there is not the the communal Aspect of that that you might have had later on on these you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest that you know in 1978 or whatever half of the population saw. We should have a super
3: size there. me viewing party. Ooh, that's
0: supersize me was definitely a, a good one, an impactful one I for sure. Um, yeah,
1: I, I just think that it's this is this concept. Is, stop you, Tommy. What happened there? You blew right through that stop sign.
3: What stop sign? Uh, uh, about going, I, mean, I think Tommy's
0: been slowing down on the Mickey D's.
1: Tommy saw Super Size Me the day before Thanksgiving, and then wanted went on his Thanksgiving Day tour of fast food restaurants around the city.
3: I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. Which, uh No. Yeah. That's just that's just a great movie. <laughs> so is Airplane. I love that movie.
0: So here's he, all, all these movies we've talked about. This was this. These have all been from uh, when when. I was a kid and you were an adolescent. We haven't really talked about the actual last 15 to 20 years. I think that this phenomenon has gone, I think it's shifted in the last 10. And most of that's because of Netflix, right? First, you could order the movies to your doorstep. Then all of a sudden you can stream the movies. You don't even have to check the mail. They're just there. Mm-hmm. But do you remember when The Passion of the Christ came out? Oh, yeah. That, that was the last movie I could remember where people were like, man, we have to see this. Whether it was because of the way it resonated with you or because of the controversy, because of the protest you had against it, whatever. That was the last movie I can remember where people were like, we got to see this for, for the, the conversational element of it. Not necessarily, I mean, because people still line the streets to go see star Wars, right? The Avengers is going to be huge. No matter what X-Men, those movies, because they, they have their own little, Corners of the
1: population that are not little, no, yeah, huge, right? <laughs> huge corners right. of the population, totally. But right, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good example. I mean, I'm trying to think about, you know, one. I, I, I think, I think some of the, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan war movies that have come out, like Hurt Locker, like maybe Shooter with uh Bradley Cooper. Uh-huh. Those they don't have the demand. It has not created the groundswell like what you're talking about, but certainly the people, and those were big movies that a lot of people did go to see. And I think that, you know, gave some insight to people, you know, that, that they wouldn't otherwise have had about about that, you know, about that stuff that's going on. Um, and again, I think there's, there's plenty, of, that it doesn't only happen on, you know, out of these small independent production companies. There's right. still some of that happening with major movie stars. I mean, I thought that uh uh what what's, what's Bradley Cooper's and Lady Gaga's you, you know, Starzborn. Starzborn. That was a giant movie. It was. And and you know, it's a it, it's a work of fiction, but mm-hmm. a work of fiction that is very very honest and very very real and I thought that that was a very insightful movie to a lot of the mm-hmm. human condition and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that people had a conversation, whether internally or with each other, out of a film like that, even though it wasn't, you know, about quote-unquote something, well, it is about something that's going on in society and continues to, but it's not, you know, not a real, you know, again, it's a work of fiction uh, as opposed to something that's about, you know, a a war or something like that's in fact taking place. I think there's, I think it does happen, but again, I don't think it's nearly as, I think it's actually more prolific, but that actually lessens the conversation that's had because it's splintered. That's where I'm at.
0: Totally. I also think that there's a certain element. uh, There were some movies that were so um, impactful. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho or Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Those were some of the first times that true horror was put onto the screen. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that sort of thing is going to resonate as much anymore because we are sort of numb to it.
1: I don't do that stuff. I'm not. uh, mm -mm. Can't. No, no, no! I'm a great sleeper. I want to keep it, you know. I'm not into horror movies either, but I do think that
0: the exploration of what instills fear in us that we cannot explain—I think that that's an important thing for mm. the human psyche. That's a good thought.
1: Stu tell Nuanas, one of two ESPN Radio. <clears throat> Let me talk about a couple of movies. Did we mention that The Matrix is coming out? Matrix Four. Keanu Reeves, Carrie Anne Moss, back in it. I don't know what it's going to be about. Well, I mean, I kind of do. New Spider-Man. No longer going to be shared by Sony and Marvel. I guess that's important. Tommy, do you have any... Do you... Do you Care about this stuff at all?
3: Absolutely not. Okay. Every day, a million people. Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? Right. Just to prove a point, I'm just going to interject quickly. I I downloaded a list app, and every time someone has asked me if you've seen this movie or told me you've got to watch this movie, and then proceeded to tell me about a really funny clip for ten minutes and waste my time, I started putting it down on this list. So let's pull it up here, the Wonder List. You Here we have go. a
1: list app of movies that you have not seen that you've been told you must see. Yep, yep, because
3: this happens so frequently, and it drives me up a wall. 138. <laughs> 138. The Send last, me that
1: list, Tommy. I mean, it's just one a day for a, for a third of the year.
3: It's yeah. not that bad. I'm not into Spider-Man. I don't care about this Marvel thing. I've never seen Spider-Man. I've never seen a Marvel Marvel movie.
1: I'm so out of the loop on this stuff. Uh, James Bond has the new one, the 25th iteration in the series. Is this going to be the fifth Daniel Craig Bond? Mm-hmm. uh Has a name officially. No time to die. So think about James Bond. Coming out in April. Think about James Bond. That's mm-hmm. a great example of, of the way James
0: Bond has impacted the culture as well as resonated for for multiple generations. That's that's the most impressive part of the story, mm-hmm. right? Cuz almost every James Bond movie is actually the same. It's just a different bad guy in a different way that he's got to get out of the the trouble that he's in and you know, but but the the elegance of of being a gentleman and a secret agent at the same time being a trained killer as well as it's glorious. It's glorious, glorious, right? I mean, it's it's yes. it's too good.
1: It's too good. Ian Fleming being himself a, you know, privy to and an agent, uh, you know, an MI whatever right. for, for, for London, uh, for Her Majesty's uh, Army or what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, and then his ability to write and to choose to write about that stuff. And then with that, you will always get me with the spy stuff. I mean, always. Every single time. And I, I don't think there's nearly enough... I mean, I've looked up... so Trying to find new spy movies to watch. New... Uh, 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 you know... Various... You know... Anytime you get me with... Well, I'm trying to figure out where, what, what the things... And I'm a dope on this stuff. There's some people who go 10 minutes in the movie... They know what's going to happen when it's supposed to be this big shocking turn. I'm always... My world's always exploded at the end of the movie when the final like... Oh, that's what happened. It was his father. Okay... You know, you never. I. I am always. That stuff is always dead to me. I'm no good at it, and that's why I love it. Because I'm always, you know, I'm always out of the loop. I never really get what's going on. I just take it on face value. But you, you, you know, spies, bank robbers, westerns. I'm into all of that. Give me, give me it all. Give me it all.
0: The, the smoothness that James Bond interacts with women. I think that that is an important thing that those films have displayed. Because it softens the entry point of the conversation about sexuality, and while during the rise of the sexual revolution in the sixties, I think it, it it made it so that it wasn't just this rampant and immoral and degrading thing. James Bond put a elegant spin on that, and I think that's what that's the point I'm trying to get at is that sometimes films can be the entry points to the taboo things that we don't want to talk
1: about. I don't know. I think you're overthinking it. I think it's just uh, you know great looking. <laughs> Is Daniel Craig the best Bond? No. Sean Connery
0: is the best Bond. Uh, maybe. I mean, how is Sean Connery not the best
1: everything? C- Casino Royale is my favorite. I, uh,
0: honestly, it's, it's so hard to say that the contemporary guy is the best, but I actually do think that Daniel Craig is the best. He's the best actor
1: of all those guys, just period, broadly. Yeah, and he's brought a new edge to it, too. He, he has. got some, he He's has. got some... This Bond has some, some past that he's trying to overcome a little bit where the other for guys sure. are
0: just. Connery crazy. and Daniel Craig are the
1: two best, though. 2 Tell and 102.9 ESPN Radio, where you come for all of your sports and music needs. Tommy, we didn't even get into River City Roots. Would you like to touch on River City Roots here a little bit with us? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's coming up this weekend, August 23rd through the 24th uh, in Missoula. River City Roots, they shut down... Well, actually, they don't shut it down. They sh- they they shut down the streets for drivers, and they open up the streets to human beings, and they pack them down there, uh, downtown uh, Missoula. River City Roots is fun, though, right? I love, I love citywide parties. You know what I mean? I think it's. I just think it's fun and interesting and great to do, and I think there should be more of it. Missoula has a lot of it. I know a lot of towns around. That's one of the great things about Montana. Is I think there's a lot of cities, a lot of towns around this state that have. You know whether it's the Phillipsburg days, whether it's the the you know uh, you know various festivals, music festivals, rodeos, and so forth. That's always good for me. And uh, River City Roots is uh, is probably the biggest citywide party from a city standpoint that Missoula has annually. Am I right about that, Tommy? Without a doubt.
3: It's huge. I mean, it's it's a free two-day music festival.
1: Are you going to be down there uh, interviewing uh, some of the bands and stuff like that for the trail?
3: Yeah, we'll be hanging out backstage, okay. interviewing bands live on the trail, and then doing the stage announcements as well. Interesting. We'll have a big old table full of uh, radio stations, swag and goodies
1: and things. So we'll be giving stuff away, hanging out. Friday, Saturday is uh, my oldest daughter's birthday. And uh, I think uh, she's been saying she wants to go to a concert, so I think we got ourselves a, a nice, big Roots Fest day planned. Strong work by you on that one. Yeah. And uh, teppanyaki lunch at Kobe. She's got to have that, too, or else it's just not going to happen for her, so.
3: What is there? Speaking of food, 14 food trucks mm. set up to be at Roots Fest. So you yeah. can hang out throughout the day. You've got almost limitless food options. You know, all the beer. I think there's a full bar.
1: By the way, speaking of events going on, join us on Thursday as we continue our 2 tell and one-to-summer tour at Locals mm-hmm. down there in the uh, Badlander Complex right on the corner of Ryman and Broadway. Awesome spot down there. And uh, and we're going to be giving away another pair of tickets to the grizzly Oregon football game on uh, September 14th. We'll be down there uh, from 4 to 6. You got another open tab down there. You can come in and enjoy a couple of free ones. And uh, and hang out with us for a while, and maybe win some tickets while you're at it. So go into locals. You got till Thursday to get your name in the box in there. So go in there and sign up, and then uh, come over and say hi to us and uh, and hang out for the afternoon. Uh, and you're already right downtown. It's perfect uh, down there at, uh, at locals uh, again on the corner of Ryman and Broadway um, in the uh, in the Badlander complex. So come hang out with us there. Take a quick break. We'll come back. Jimmy Garoppolo. Bad night doesn't mean anything. Give you a quick hint. You're not supposed to give away the teas. The answer is no. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it.
0: You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in.
1: Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber-optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber-optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative,
0: and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. Go blackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: We are headed into week three of the NFL preseason, and uh... I become less and less and less influenced by what happens in the preseason each and every year. The one exception, of course, being injuries. So far, no injuries that I'm aware of to, to the, to the it's called Pro Bowl caliber players. Uh, but, Jimmy Garoppolo, sometimes you can't help yourself. You just got to sneeze. just <laughs> happens. You. Uh Jimmy Garoppolo, who would like to be a Pro Bowler, uh, did not get injured last night. He's coming off a Torn ACL, went 0 for 6 with a pick. That is good enough for a 0.00 QBR. seems reasonable. You know, I don't know how they I don't know how they factor the QBR, but I would think that uh not completing a pass and throwing an interception would be good enough to get a zero. Uh There's a lot of people, they go, well, what is Jimmy Garoppolo? What do we really know about him? Small sample size. We talked about this off the top, and all of that is true. What do we know? And it is small sample size. But if all of a sudden, the first game that he's played in 10 months, and he throws six passes, and one of them goes to the other team, and none of them go to his team, and you go, well, all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo is no good anymore? Mm, I'm not ready quite to go there yet. Uh... I think what Jimmy Garoppolo is, is what he's always been. Unknown. Just unknown. This doesn't make him bad. His great performances that he's had before doesn't necessarily make him good. I think I He could be a good quarterback, certainly serviceable for a team that is young and talented like the 49ers are in general. They've gotten some very high draft picks. What's far more impactful is how about Nick Bosa? Is he going to be able to play and win? Because he's the guy who's going to go in there and I think be an impact player for the 49ers if he can get himself right physically.
0: What you said is interesting. Thank you. doesn't mean, you said, does that mean that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good anymore? I think that the reason it's sort of concerning is that we don't know if Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo has ever been good.
1: That's right. But we've, I mean, if you were, if I was to say right now, do you think... We don't know. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback? What would you say? Purely from the
0: eye test, yes. I would For, from the very limited action I've watched That's him. Right. Uh, honestly, the, the way that he moves and the way that he throws the ball, he's a poor man's Aaron Rodgers.
1: I think he looks good. He does does looks he like remind him? you of A-Rodge? Uh, he's a little too happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Antonio Brown. Practice today in a certified helmet this coming a day after Mike Mayock was on the record saying either you're all in or you're all out. And uh, today Gruden said he practiced in a certified helmet and is all in. I don't know what to think about Antonio Brown, the football player. I got a lot of thoughts about Antonio Brown, the not football player, the guy who's out here. And by the way, they're not just negative. They're just like, "Eh, he's got this is an interesting personality study that's what I'll say about it, Antonio Brown but I'm not interested in that here and now I understand that stuff can and looks like it has already impacted him on this team and all of the you know the foot frostbite and, and the helmet deal and all that but he should be still a an outstanding wide receiver certainly will he be Yes. Like, do you think he's going to be top 10 receiving yards this season?
0: Absolutely. You do. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has earned himself a reputation as a prima donna over the last couple of years. Well-earned. He's done, he's done his darnest to, 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 to be the prima donna receiver. Yes. I mean, he, he is his generation's version of Terrell Owens and Chad Johnson. But – but better, I, well, wow, I don't know, man. Ter- Terrell, Ow- Terrell Owens is—he's
1: is... better than Chad Johnson by a lot. He's
0: better than Chad Johnson.
1: Uh, yes, he is
0: certainly. I mean, Antonio Brown's an all-time great. Honestly, oh, yeah. I mean,
1: he's 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 a, he's a Hall of Famer, and he he may already be a first-balloter, but he 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 if he continues a, a year or two more with. Anything like the production he had in Pittsburgh, he's a first ball hall fan.
0: I mean, there's no there's no then no receivers that have ever had a seven year run like him except for one guy. Mm-hmm. The greatest of all Jerry. time, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, there's nobody that's just throwing down fifteen hundred yards a year for seven straight years. Yeah. Not even Randy Moss or Terrell Owens or anybody. But regardless, the thing that's easy to forget about Antonio Brown is that Antonio Brown is who he is, and has produced on the level that he's produced at because of his drive and work ethic. Antonio Brown's not very big. He's fast, but he knows how to use his speed better than anybody in the league because of the way that he can run routes. But it's all him. He has made himself into the player that he is. That's easy to forget when you look at the guy and the drama and the prima donna and the blonde mustache. And, you know, I got my cryogenic chamber. Now I froze my feet off. And what are we doing? I'm the only guy in the whole world that needs to have my old helmet because that's how important I think I am. I mean, that stuff takes away from... Like, when you're watching Hard Knocks with Antonio Brown, his feet are totally messed up, and he still is out there just straight grinding, doing his own individual workouts. I mean, he's having his trainer check in with John Gruden every day. John Gruden's a no-nonsense type of guy. And John Gruden has talked all the, every single day, we can't wait to have him back. I can't wait to have my receiver. I want Antonio Brown on this team. And I think that's why Antonio Brown has been able to maintain the level of play that he has. And it, with the exception of the second half of last year, where the toxicity across the Steelers locker room was apparent and it was not just Antonio Brown. It was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger being a prima donna Le'Veon bell being completely absent. You know, it, it, all that stuff breeds itself. But with the exception of that, even with Antonio Brown's antics, he hasn't been a cancer on any team he's been on until that last one. But I think that that cancer was spread. It was widespread. It wasn't just him. And I think that that's why the Raiders are excited to have him because I do think that his work ethic and his production
1: overwhelm the circus that surrounds him. Um, one other question for you on the NFL stuff, and I've been wanting to ask you this very specifically as opposed to anybody else. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys uh, are trying to sign Ezekiel Elliott, or maybe they presumably they're trying to sign Ezekiel Elliott, who's holding out. They did sign Jalen Smith, though, today, to a five-year extension. And there's been people going, hey, you cannot sign Jalen Smith without signing Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, very well. Here's a very simple question. Who's better, Jalen Smith or Ezekiel Elliott?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give you the answer that I know you want me to give you. I think it's Jalen Smith by a lot. By a mile. I mean, I, I, I get the whole concept. When you have a salary cap sport and the draft has become as important as it's become, I get the stratification of ranking positions by value. I get that. And I get that the middle linebacker, because of the impact that those guys take and how the shelf life is so much less, the middle linebacker is the running back of, of defense. The defense.
1: Yes. But the running back is the running back of the offense. And Ezekiel Elliott is a top three running back in this league. He is. Top three running back. He is. Jalen Smith is probably a top three linebacker in this league, but he's for the for the modern game. He's
0: so good. For the modern game. For the modern game. Yes. Jalen Smith's the best inside linebacker in the NFL. <laughs>
1: I mean it, uh, he's not the
0: most di- he's not the most diverse and I know Bobby Wagner is great but for a guy that you can play on first second and third down he there is no mismatch with Jalen Smith mm-hmm. if you're running your standard base defense and he is on the field to inside linebacker he can line up against the slot that's a mismatch every single time in the entire league every inside linebacker in the league covers a slot receiver at a Advantage offense, except for one guy. Yeah, I mean, because of Jalen Smith, because uh, he can run a little
1: bit of it. He can run, Bobby. He, he can. can run too. And not like Jalen, look, not, not like, like Jalen Smith. Not like Jalen Smith can run, like not run, but the, here's the thing about the slot guys the slot guys can be electric fast, right? But they are for sure quick, break you off. I mean, break you off. Right. And I think that Jalen Smith has who who's who is playing uh, linebacker for the bears right now too ronald uh, i got i got to look up
0: the kid from alabama
1: yeah uh or georgia georgia kid from georgia yes i got to look look him up he covers ground probably better than any linebacker in football to me in a straight line roquan smith roquan smith roquan smith is is i first of all let's be clear i hate him right he's a bear but he is absolutely unbelievable. I don't think that you're going to get in a one-on-one situation, any situation with any linebacker where the advantage is defensive in a slot situation. But if you want to talk about the closest gap, it's hard to do better than, than Jalen Smith. And the crazy thing is, is that Jalen Smith is probably 50% bigger than Roquan. I mean, he is gigantic. So his mix is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. I mean his mix size and speed is like is Lawrence Taylor esque not saying that okay I'm just saying dude what you talk dude. about, when you talk about the build with the with the speed, it's it is stunning on that guy.
0: Lawrence Taylor's hip flexibility, his explosion off the line of scrimmage, his ability to bend and his ability to just purely rush the passer is in my opinion, second to none in, in the history of the NFL. Jalen Smith is, runs better than Lawrence Taylor. Jalen Smith runs, as far as beating you to the spot, go watch Jalen Smith's highlights from last year. Just type it in on YouTube. Jalen Smith has no less than 12 plays where he is at a 10 to 15-yard disadvantage, and he beats you to the spot. He beats you to the end zone. He beats you to the pylon. And not just beats you there. Blows you up when he gets there.
1: He is, he's a hammer.
0: I, I hate the Cowboys. I, I hate the Cowboys with everything, with my whole heart and soul. <laughs> Jalen Smith is one of my five
1: favorite players in the NFL. I love Jalen yeah, Smith. Yeah. He's he's legit. Well, and how can you not love him, too? Like, I mean, you talk about that, that not just injury, horrific injury. Horrific. On the last game, you know, that he's going to play before he's going to be a top five pick in the league. Then he drops to the second round, you know, because of it and everything like that. He's not doesn't even play his rookie year uh and yet he comes and he's you know he's this it's uh it's pretty it's pretty remarkable and i'm I'm with you man i love him love to, him. to finish this yeah
0: i i think that the one i think the reason that I am so salty about the the valuing and devaluing of positions in the league is that I think that the guys that play certain positions defensively have a chance to be true tone setters and true alpha dog type leaders. Like think about how important Ray Lewis was on those two Baltimore Ravens championship teams. Aside from his production, his production was insane, but it was, it was his spirit. It was his ability to be the man. Mm. No, everyone feared the Ravens because Ray Lewis was the face of the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we continue to gravitate towards the quarterback league, I guess what I'm saying is say that this core of young Cowboys players was to somehow figure out a way to win a Super Bowl. In the next five years. Say, say that they were able to do that. To me, with how they are and who, the, who they want to be, Jalen Smith is way more important than Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott to that. So the fact that they just got him for $6.5 million and they're thinking about paying Dak Prescott $37 seven million—that it's just crazy
1: to me. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. It's 2TEL New Orleans, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick break. We'll come back, give you an Osprey update. What's going on with the O's, the stadium, all of it next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your
0: fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in.
1: Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing.
0: Impressive. Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. Goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to go blackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: Now from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Uh, The, uh, off break. playing it now. Uh, they're going to play for the next several nights a lot. We'll tell you about it. Tutel Nuanes 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83 in Seattle. Online at kurtzpolaris.com missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. Podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes. It is available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Go on there, rate it, review it, do all that stuff. We'll appreciate that very much. Um, if you if you would like to listen live, you are, uh, you know, maybe not in the market or maybe it's just easier at work, you know, you put the wireless earbuds in and do that whole thing, go to the website, 1029ESPN.com. On the website and click the listen live tab and listen live Listen live stream is brought to us by opportunity bank opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity uh coulter we know that it's been quite an interesting uh couple of i don't know days week for the missoula osprey who following the Mufford and sons concert found their field unplayable Uh, And so they are uh, working on figuring out a way when and where they can play again. Um, The Idaho Falls series, which is going to be in Missoula, has now been moved to Idaho Falls. That is today and tomorrow. And then they'll go to Great Falls, where they'll play a four-game road series, which is a scheduled road series with Great Falls. But instead of playing four games, they're going to play six games in Great Falls uh, in order to make up a couple of games that were missed. So they have a ton of baseball ahead of them, the, the Missoula Osprey. It's six, six games in four days, and I'm not so sure they don't play three games in two days right now, so it may be a total of nine games in six days on what is an, an unexpected and unanticipated road trip before returning to Missoula. They are expected to have the field in shape for the Osprey to be able to play Tuesday uh, on uh, the uh, 27th of August through Saturday. So five five-game homestand to finish out the regular season. Um, Or finish out the home regular season, anyways. I think it actually does finish up the regular season. I'll take a look at that again. But uh, a tough scenario for the Osprey in any case, Colter, and a bizarre one at that. It is. I mean, they...
0: This is just so much lost revenue for them, which is the unfortunate part, because at the end of the day, this is a business, and... You only get 38 home games a year. So when you lose six of them, I mean, that's one-sixth of your home schedule. I mean, that's a significant portion. And the last weekend, you know, I live right by the fields. And I could tell you what, they are doing their absolute best to get that thing cleaned up, dried out, back to approved playing conditions. They're doing all sorts of stuff. They got fans out, you know, like actual house fans like blowing on the grass to try to get it all dried out. They're trying to get the footing back to ideal condition and they're working hard, but it's just, it's a, it's a bad situation for them to be in because I know people look forward to these games and it's something that, you know, there's all sorts of different businesses in Missoula that have their deck parties out there and, you know, get their have their little get-togethers. My, Missoula Broadcasting. We have a ton of tickets. We're just sending as many of you guys out there as we can to the games. We're going to the games as often as we can, and uh, it's just it's it's just too bad for everybody involved. So hopefully, they get the situation remedied. Hopefully, if they do have another concert out there again, it they have a a little bit more uh, foresight into making sure this doesn't happen, and hopefully, this doesn't deter other concerts from being able to happen out there as well.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is like, I mean it's it's there are not many venues that ultimately can hold the number of people that that the Osprey Stadium can hold It is the second largest venue in the city of Missoula behind probably Washington Grizzly Stadium. I don't think the adam Center could would could could do eleven or twelve thousand i no i just it just couldn't happen I don't think in there um and so you know. What, what can they do at, at, at the Big Sky Amphitheater? Maybe, I mean, seven or eight, I think, would probably be the max. So it's it's a significant venue in terms of the size that you're able to do. But obviously the requisite of that is that it takes up the entire field. And everybody then is on the field, by and large. Because there's only, the, the odd thing about this is that there's far less seats at the Osprey Stadium than there are at some of these other venues. I mean, the Adams Center is going to have triple the number of chairs to sit in. Uh, than what, you know, you'll have at Ogren Park. Um, but obviously the field is where you can do it. And you get a bunch of rain, and I think there has to be, you know, there's stuff that you got to lay down, you know, on the surface in order for it to do it. And then when it's Mumford & Sons, I mean, it's a it's a major act and major band with a major setup, which is very heavy. I mean, you should have seen the fleet of semis parked in the parking lot adjacent to the the field. I mean, there's... There's 20 or 25 semi-trucks carrying equipment. I mean, that is that is a ton of weight to be put on any surface. And, uh, you know, you put it on the on wet ground, and that's going to be, you know, it's going to make it, uh, you know, a tough spot for sure. And normally, you know, at the places that they're playing, you have maybe a little bit more infrastructure set up. I mean, this was, again, far and away the smallest concert did Mumford & Sons playing on the whole tour. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a, uh, what do they call it? An engineering question that you got to kind of figure out, but I'm with you. I mean, it would be nice to be able to get, uh, you know, the more music, the better. That's always my take, you know, whatever, whoever you can out there. And hopefully there's enough revenue to that, that even taking a hit like this is going to ultimately be able to be resolved, you know, for
0: sure. And, uh, Go turn out and go watch the house by the next send that, that could help because these games that are lost, if you just go show up and uh, maybe have tickets to these ones, just go go next week. I guarantee you have yourself a good time.
1: Uh, don't forget, locals, we're going to be there, not tomorrow, but Thursday. Thursday. Uh, we will be at uh, Locals on the corner of Broadway and Ryman doing a show, giving away tickets, and uh, having a couple of cold ones with y'all. So uh, come down and say hi. We appreciate that very much. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Tuesday evening. We'll see you tomorrow. John Nuwana, ESPN Radio. Feels like a heart
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.